Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., or 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. I pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. May God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. This past Friday, we moved from one season of the church year to another. And I am very sorry to say that Christmas is over. We must put away the wreaths and the greenery and the bows and welcome this season, the season of Epiphany. And every year in the season of Epiphany, on the first Sunday in Epiphany, we mark a very special day, the Feast of the Baptism of our Lord. We remember that day, that moment in Scripture, when Jesus goes to the River Jordan to be baptized by his cousin John. And after his baptism, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, my Beloved, with you. I am well pleased. However, if you think about, if you think about that moment, the fact that Christ himself was baptized is a little odd. We know why we are baptized and why we baptize our children and and new members of the church. For according to the catechism in the back of the Book of Common Prayer, don't look now, baptism is Union with Christ in his death and resurrection, birth into God's family, forgiveness of sins, and new life in the Holy Spirit. For you and me, there is a lot going on in those holy waters. But why was Jesus, someone who was already part of God's family, someone who was already sinless, baptized himself? To consider this question, let's put on our history major hats for a moment and set the Wayback Machine to a couple of thousand years ago. Baptism was not a unique invention of John. Several ancient societies practiced a ritual washing. Jewish religious practice recommended a cleansing in order to make one pure and worthy to serve the Lord in the Lord's sanctuary. If you were to convert to Judaism, it required, as part of the process, a ritual bath that would prepare the new member of faith to make their first sacrifice in the temple. And this was viewed as, this was viewed as a symbol of transition from death into life. So John took all of these traditions and put a new spin on it. John was a member of a first century renewal movement. 
It was out of that movement that we heard those famous words of John a few weeks ago during the season of Advent. You brood of vipers bear fruits worthy of repentance. Pastoral care was probably not one of John's skills, but proclamation was. And those who heard John's words received, many of them received the baptism of John and as a symbol of their repentance and amendment of life. So baptism is an ancient rite. And it was an important ritual symbolizing the cleansing of sin. But the question still remains, why did Jesus get baptized? We certainly need a cleansing of our sins and a reordering of our life. And when we were baptized or when we witness a baptism and renew our own baptismal vows, we remember that need for forgiveness. But why did the sinless Christ get baptized as well? John himself was confused about this, and he said as much to Jesus in today's gospel. I need to be baptized by you, he said, and you come to me? I wonder if Christ participated in the ritual of baptism to profoundly change and exponentially expand its meaning and scope. As John says in the Gospel of John, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals, and he will baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire. But through Christ's participation in baptism, baptism is transformed into a rite that not only cleanses us from our sin, but also unites us, the baptized, with God. Through baptism, God is no longer removed from us, but instead, through Christ's participation in baptism, we know that when we go to that water, Jesus is there too. Through baptism, we can be confident and, and with the knowledge that God walks with us and is with us through all of the pains and joys and fears and challenges that this earthly life can present. We know that always the Emmanuel, the God with us, is with us. I'm reminded of a moment that occurred uh, several years ago. When I was a young person in high school, I attended something every year between Christmas and New Year called the Winter Light. Something similar happens here in Mississippi uh, called Winter Solstice up at Camp Bratton Green. As a young person, Winter Light was the first time that I experienced the church outside of my own little parish in Harrods Creek, Kentucky. And as an adult, when I came back to serve on staff, I was uh, placed on a committee with this woman named Ellen from Raleigh. And, well, the rest, as they say, is history. And after I was ordained, I had the honor and privilege of serving as a chaplain for the Winter Light. And as a chaplain, you had many responsibilities, planning worship and preaching and being available for uh 
pastoral care and being part of a disciplinary process. Of course, that never is necessary at winter solstice at Bratton Green, but I digress. But a big part, one part of being chaplain at this event was uh, everything you wanted to know or ask a priest but were afraid to ask. This moment, uh, both adults and participants would write questions on pieces of paper anonymously, place them in a bowl at the center of the room, and then the chaplain was tasked with picking out questions and answering them. This put fear into my very soul. I did not know what would be in the bowl. And many of them were honest, straightforward questions, confirmation class s questions. What is this? Why do we do that? What is the name of that thingy? Um, but sometimes the questions were profound and authentic, coming from a real place of adolescent angst, or from an, a, a tragic place of pain, or for just the joy of a new faith. And one per person wrote one year, when was I saved? And that's a very simple question, but also a very complex question. For we can say, I was saved when I was baptized, and you were saved when you were baptized. But is there something more? And how does that relate to Christ's baptism that we remember today? For at baptism we do receive a release from sin and we remember the promise of eternal life and that is certainly a saving moment. But our baptism does not mean that we all of a sudden have some uh, supernatural baptism shield and when we go out into the world and we do the things that we are tasked to do, that all of the trials and tribulations and, and brokenness and all of the, the pain and sin we will encounter suddenly bounce off and doesn't affect us. As a matter of fact, as Christians, we are meant to go out into that broken world and proclaim the good news and share the light of Christ. But we are saved from those tasks from those pains, from those sufferings, because we know that Christ is with us. We know that Christ was with us in those waters of baptism, and when we go out into the world and fulfill our baptismal covenant, Christ is with us too. So on this feast of the baptism of our Lord, remember your baptism. Remember Christ's baptism. And remember those words of Christ's that confirmed his own baptism. I am with you always until the end of the age. Amen.